0: click on the big red button and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Alexis Meads. Alexis, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me today.
0: Oh, it's fabulous to have you here. And for anyone who may not be familiar with Alexis, let me give you a little background. Alexis Meads, has a master's degree from Harvard, and she's a professional dating coach and dating expert who founded the Crazy Wild Love Academy. Now, she has devoted her life to helping women all over the world love themselves and create extraordinary relationships. She's actually a regular contributor to the Huffington Post, Maria Shriver, Thought Catalog, and featured on many other sites. Alexis, do us a favor, take just a minute and give us a glimpse into how you got started doing the work that you do.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I'm happy to. Um, it's a long story, so I will try to condense it down. But basically, when I had first moved across the country, the West Coast, about six years ago, I had pursued sustainability. That's what my my Harvard graduate degree was in, and it was great. But my um, soon-to-be husband, we were engaged at that time. I met him here in Portland. We we're going to be moving back to East Coast in Boston. So rather than looking for another full time job, I knew I had about a year or so left. I started seeing clients. I had already gotten a coaching certification. I had be, become certified as a Reiki master. Um, I did some nutrition work. So I kind of pieced it together and was seeing clients offering them some nutrition coaching in, in addition to some energy work as well. But I'd find myself talking to them more about their loves, love lives, about relationships, giving them little assignments, like writing down what they were grateful for at night. And it really morphed more into the work that I'm doing now. So I started shifting my coaching and have been doing this dating and relationship, this love coaching work for the last five years.
0: That's fantastic, awesome. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you something because I found for myself that, you know, when we're thinking of partnership, a lot of times it's helpful to have, I call it a guiding principle, some people call it an anchor or a quote or a mantra, but what's that thing that you come back to whenever you find yourself kind of off in the weeds, but it gets you back on track in partnership?
1: Mm, that's a great question, in partnership. Um, you know, I think for my own coaching practice, I so I so often think about my business as dating because there's so many similar principles, um, dating and being in relationship. I've been married now. My husband and I are coming up on our, our four-year anniversary in the next couple months. Nice. Um, and, and with coaching, you know, I started to think about when I was, talking to a potential client, my mantra for myself had to be, know what, like I don't strong arm and I don't bend over backwards. Like if it's not a fit, that's okay. And the same thing goes with my clients, especially if you're in the stage where you're looking for love or you're in the early stages of a relationship, to realize you don't need to cling to someone. You don't need to try to force them to like you, force the relationship to happen. And you also don't want to bend over backwards. You want to be able to stand strong in who you are and know that if it's not a fit, that's okay, and if it is a fit, it takes work. You know, especially being married already, um, coming up on four years now, you start to get into your slumps. You have to keep things fresh. You have to keep—I hate to use the word "work" because it should still feel fun, but you have to be intentional about it, just like in business.
0: Nice. Well, you know, it's—it's it's funny because you made the comment of you know not not liking to call it work. And I totally get that. And, you know, people like, oh, a relationship shouldn't be work and all that type of thing. And I I don't know about you, but personally, that that the distinction, even though we use the word work, Mm -hmm. is, yes, it's work. It takes effort. It takes engagement. Mm -hmm. But it's not work in the sense that the payoff is so great. Right. Right. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to work. I don't get anything out of this except for whatever they pay me to be here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's right, work exactly. there's no reward exactly. for it it's
0: like oh. <laughs> obviously when you're in yeah. partnership yes it still takes effort but it's, it's different it's a different payoff would you agree
1: absolutely and I think that's a better word actually that distinction of it takes effort you know and my husband and I were actually having this conversation the other day um, I feel really blessed to be with him because he'll actually indulge me in these conversations <laughs> where I go into the inner workings of relationships and things like that and you know, so often our our divorce rate is high, right? My own parents are divorced. My sister has been divorced. I've been surrounded by divorce, and that really clouded over me and fear of getting married in the first place. And I wonder, like, why so many marriages or so many relationships crumble? Why do they fall apart? And sometimes it's truly not the right fit. You know, maybe someone's not willing to put in that effort, or it's just you're so incompatible, and maybe the chemistry caught you in the beginning and, and it didn't work. But for most relationships, I really think that you just get to start to get to a point in the relationship where things feel maybe too easy or too comfortable, and you crave that stimulation again. You crave that excitement in your life, and if you're not getting it from outside your relationship, like your job or other passions, you think, okay, well, I can you know, move on to the next person. Maybe I'll get that again, and then you repeat the same pattern. So every relationship gets to a point where it takes some effort. You have to... Treat it like you did in the beginning, really, where you put effort into how you look, how you present yourself to them, the dates that you went on. Um, it still takes that intention, that effort. Yeah.
0: No, that's that's a great point. And, you know, I, I want to ask you about something because you said, you know, obviously everybody hits their bumps in the road. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that our listeners love about this show is, is the stories that our guests share. And I'd love to ask you if you would share a time in your life when you kind of tripped up in a partnership. Maybe it was with your husband, maybe it was a different relationship. And, you know, tell us that story. What, what were you doing? What'd you trip on? And you know, what ultimately did you, did you learn from that experience so you could move forward?
1: Sure. Sure. So I'll talk about an experience from my first love, my first real relationship. Um, I had met him when I was 19 years old we dated, we were together, I should say for about four or five years. Um, it was a little bit on and off and, I think that sometimes we do meet, we, some, we wait for meeting the right person, and I also sometimes think we meet many potentially right persons that I could work with, but sometimes we're just not there yet, right? We're not in the right space in our lives, they're not in the right space, timing's off, or you just haven't like uncovered your own inner craft, if you will, to be in partnership with someone, to be fully in partnership with someone, and that's where I was at that time. Um, we were very much in love, you know, as that young love. But in after a couple of years into that relationship, I realized in hindsight that I was using that relationship to fill a deep gap for me, um, a deep self-esteem gap, really. And I was a little bit of a late bloomer growing up, you know. So when I got into this relationship, it was more around like, wow, this guy picked me. You know, I thought he was so handsome. I was so in love with him. It's just more like, wow, like he chose me. And whenever we're in partnership to fill that gap, when it's like this person is going to fill me up, they're going to complete me, they're going to make me happy, or they're going to save me in some way, that usually trips us up down the road. It might have worked for me for a while, but then I started to get to a point where it felt like, okay, well, I need more to fill my ego. I need more to fill up my self-esteem, to make me feel good about myself. And I started to get into um, that pattern that many of us do where it's like, what is bigger and better out there, right? This fear of missing out. And we had both at points in that relationship been unfaithful, you know, and, and I'm not proud of that. But at that time, it was a pattern that I found myself kind of stuck in when I get into relationships because I'd feel like I was missing out. I'd look for that next dopamine hit of chemistry, you know, to fill me up, to make things exciting again. Um, and there was things that I really had to heal, in order to discover how to be in a healthy, happy, and committed partnership, moving forward when I was finally ready in my life to be there.
0: Thank you for sharing that because sure. I, I, I'm sure that many of our listeners can relate to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Where
0: you know we did go into a relationship looking for them to fill a need, fill a gap in our life, mm-hmm. and you know what I've recognized over the years is. You know, if you're if you go into it feeling like you're not enough, there's nothing they can do to fill that hole. Yes. Because deep down, you're still like you said, you're going to keep needing more. Yeah. Because you're like, "Well, that was nice, but I'm still not enough." "Well, that was nice, and I'm still not enough." "That was nice, I'm yeah. still not enough." <laughs> yep. eventually yeah. Eventually, they're like, "I don't know what you want from me." Like, "What yeah. are you looking for?" They don't even have any way to to support you in that way because it's self-work. Like you said, you've got to move through that for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, really great great story there thank you for sharing that
1: sure absolutely
0: so let me ask you kind of a kind of a nuanced different question and and what I was curious about here is what's a time in your life Alexis when you had one of those duh moments where you're just like oh my (laughs) gosh I can't believe I've been doing this for so long and when you woke up like that you went I now have a building block for my future can you tell Hmm. us one of
1: those yeah that's Gosh, that's a great question, that's a great question. I think when I first was married to my husband, I will say that leading up to getting married, I had a lot of fear around it, as I mentioned, and so many of those what-if questions came into my mind. Like, what if this isn't right? Like, what if this fails? You know, all those those things that our inner critic just likes to spin on and spin on. Um, And oftentimes we can't recognize our fear versus our intuition. My husband and I got married abroad. We got married in the Greek islands, which was amazing and totally a dream. But before we got married there, for um, for passport reasons or just we didn't have, like, the legality of getting married there, we got married in a courthouse about eight months prior to our wedding. And I can remember going to the courthouse, and my stomach was just totally in knots. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe this isn't right. Like, what's this feeling? I was, you know, I was so nervous. I can remember even sitting in the lobby of the courthouse. And I was practicing writing my my new last name or my signature with my new last name
0: on your notebook, and, like in grade school.
1: Yeah, like in grade <laughs> school, my notebook. And um, I went to write my what would be my new last name with start that starts with a K, and I would just like kind of write the K in cursive, and then it would just trail off. I'm like, oh my god, I can't even write like my last name. This feels all feels so foreign. Um, And I remember after we were leaving the courthouse, it was like a nice little ceremony in this cluttered office in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And uh, as we were leaving, I just felt this peace wash over me and I couldn't describe it. I just felt like this weight had, like I dropped my sack of potatoes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you will, like you're Mm -hmm. carrying around this heavy thing and it's just like, you just drop it. And it made me realize that so much of what was actually my intuition coming through sometimes got so clouded over by fear. Mm. And I didn't know how to discern that up until that moment. And after that, I realized because I had so much peace after I made this decision that wasn't scary because he was the right person for me. It was scary because of a ton of past programming
0: mm-hmm. that was
1: coming up for me. You know, I'm playing through my mind. So when we learned to get out of our own way and that past pro- programming, um, we can feel more of that peace in our entire life and that love and just feel more guided by what our inner wisdom actually knows to be true. Um, so that was a, a big moment of learning for me because there was such a, a strong difference between going into that courthouse mm. and coming out after the commitment, the decision had been made.
0: Nice. So I want to ask you something because you 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 made a comment that I get this question all the time and I'm sure you do too. Uh-huh. You talked about the difference between intuition and fear. Uh-huh. How do you make that discernment?
1: That's a great question. It's not an easy one to answer. And I've looked at different blogs over the years, videos where they try to answer this, and everyone seems to say something a little bit different. So I will just give you my best iteration awesome. of it, of how I've learned to know for myself. Um, I've learned the difference of both the feeling in my body And the thoughts in my mind, when they're tuned into fear versus tuned into love, if you will, using those two words for maybe your fear versus your inner wisdom or your intuition, it's almost like a different radio frequency that you could be tuned into. And I have started to recognize that when I'm tuned into fear, that voice of fear, it's very fast. Um, I can be a very fast talker, and that's how it sounds in my mind. It's very fast. Um it's very confused, it doesn't know how to make a decision, it's very critical, Um, and my body in turn feels very spacey, like I just feel ungrounded, I feel spacey, I feel shaky, it's almost this feeling like, oh my God, I just need to figure this out so that, you know, I can feel peace again. That's that voice, that's when I'm tuned into fear, right? And when I'm tuned into love, if you thought of it like a radio station almost, I feel grounded you know, the voice is simple, it's slower, it's wise, it's loving, it doesn't even have a lot to say. And one short exercise I use to get myself there, and I give this to my clients, it's very simple, but very powerful, is you can ask yourself when you notice that your body or your mind is tuned into that fear, when you're feeling any of those emotions or those body sensations, just ask yourself in that moment, what is my inner mean girl, or if you're a man, maybe, what is my inner critic trying to tell me right now? And give it voice. Just give it voice. Like I will, if I'm in my car, I will speak out loud everything that is going through my head. Everything that my inner mean girl is trying to get across. And I know that I've spoken enough when it almost feels like there's an emptiness inside my gut a little bit. Like, oh, like, okay, that's everything she was just, she was trying to say. And then I'll pause and I'll take a deep breath. I usually put my hand on my heart. I just ask myself, what does my inner wisdom know? a simple question and I just wait for something to come up and it's usually very simple. It's usually just one sentence and it's very calming. Typically it might just be you're doing the best that you can or it might just be just breathe. You know, it's, it might not even be an answer to the thing that you're spinning on. It just might be this simple wisdom. So that's how I, um, discern the voice of fear versus that voice of intuition.
0: That may be one of the best answers I've ever heard to that question.
1: Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was
0: that was so, so good. And that wasn't a test or anything. I just was curious. <laughs> uh, but here's here's something else that, that I loved about what you said. Yeah. Which is when you get the, as you call it, the inner mean girl or that inner voice outside of you, mm-hmm. it loses its authority. hmm because in our head, that voice in our head always has absolute authority, even if it makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. We listen to It's like absurd. But when we hear it outside, we're like, that's ridiculous. Right. Why is that controlling me? That's totally right. ludicrous. <laughs> I don't know why it is. But as soon as it gets outside yeah. of our body and it comes in through our ears, yeah. we go, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we can step away from it and go, that, that's irrelevant. Like you said. And then you're like, OK, all that garbage is out of here. Yeah, now I can actually check in because it's almost like it's it's um, that voice is all these filters between you and your wisdom.
1: Yes.
0: And you can't get through it. You can still ask your wisdom all you want, but with all this garbage is in there, it's like the communication is totally torn up. Right. So I love that. That's so, so powerful and so simple. So beautiful, beautiful gift. Thank Thank you. you.
1: Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. So I want to switch gears a little bit, Alexis. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is we kind of talked about some trip ups and, and challenges. So let's talk about what I call what, like your proudest partnership moment. And it may be with your family or romantic or career, whatever it is. But what's one of those times you think back on this and you go, that was so cool. And you just like can't help but smile.
1: <laughs> huh? That is a great question. Um, You know, I'll go back to maybe the beginning of the relationship with my husband before we were even married Um, because it was a real pattern breaker for me, Uh, meaning that I had definitely dated the same type of guy or found myself in the same type of relationship many times before. I was repeating the same patterns. And when I met my husband, I didn't even look at him like a potential romantic partner. I'd recently just moved to Portland. I was actually just looking for a job at that time. Uh, My husband works for Nike and I was on another, I was on a date actually with someone I, I had recently met. It was not going well. <laughs> not the date, but the the relationship. I was repeating a pattern for sure. But I was able to sort of see it. And on this date at a concert, I I met my husband. Uh, we were with a group of friends and as new in the city. I met him. He works at Nike and I was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to work for their sustainability group. Maybe we can meet for coffee, just learn more about it. Um and I had no there was no romantic not interest, but it wasn't, didn't really cross my mind, you know, that I'm going to date this person and then maybe marry them a year later, year and a half later when we got married. Um, it just, we just started out as friends. I just knew I enjoyed his company. He was a totally different type than I had dated in the past. Um, a different feel to the relationship, but I knew that I enjoyed being around him. I knew I enjoyed being around him and we just kind of developed this friendship. And I can remember one day we were out on his motorcycle and he rode a motorcycle at the time. I never dated someone who rode a motorcycle, but it turns out it was, I really enjoyed it. Like I loved being on a motorcycle. It was really fun. And, um, I think I even had a date lined up for later that night. This is how like convoluted my dating life was at that time. I just was like trying to fill the space and fill the time, not even seeing this guy in front of me at the time who I was having so much fun with. And I can remember, I can still remember the feeling on the way back from on the motorcycle ride because it was cold out. It was this cold day in Portland. It was like March. We had gone to the beach and I can remember his hand touching my, the outside of my leg and it just had this warmth to it. Again, this is like me, the first moment with my husband, I just felt so at peace with him. Like I just felt so grounded by him and at peace. And we went back to his, um, his home and, uh, it was just like this calm environment there. He was like, I had a a new puppy and he was like, you know what? I'll go back to your apartment. Give me the keys. He was a total gentleman. I'll go take, let your dog out. And why don't you just draw a nice bath? He had this like lovely jacuzzi tub at the time, pour yourself some wine. We can order in if you want. And I was thinking, Oh no, like I got to go back. I have this date tonight. You know, I have all these things to do. And I was just like, you know what? I really don't want to, like I am exhausted. I've been running around trying to find a job in Portland, trying to fill up my dating, my dating funnel. I'm like, I just want to stay here and relax and order some taken with this, with this guy, you know? And, um, that was really the moment that we started connecting. And like really that moment where I started to realize what a relationship really should feel like. It's not that chemistry and that like instant fireworks I've been chasing after my whole life, which rarely, unfortunately worked out for me. It was just this like, really like calm feeling with this guy that I felt like I might have known for lifetimes. It was just that sense of peace with him. Uh, So yeah, we talk about that sometimes. It's kind of cool to look back on and how our relationship started because it was so different for both of us than what we had experienced before.
0: That is such a great example. And you know what I love about that, Alexis is, is thank you for, for sharing that, you know, he was nothing like what you thought you were looking <laughs> yep. for, right? Yeah. But what you did and what you, you just shared with us so beautifully was you let yourself get past the form and you mm-hmm. paid attention to how you felt with the guy. Yes. And you're like, I can't explain it because he's not the forms I thought. He's not my type. Right. But I'm actually enjoying this. This is so nice. Why would I walk away from this for some guy who might match a bunch of boxes I checked off? Yes, Yeah. instead of doing that, which was your pattern, you went, I want to hang out here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be open to where do I feel best? Right. And it's one of the things I talk about with, with my clients all the time is that difference between feelings and forms. And we're totally programmed our whole life. It's all about form.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What does he do? Where does he go to school? What's he look like? All this kind of stuff. And yet... Across the board, when I've talked with different people about this, they're always like, yeah, as soon as I let go of that, then I found my partner. Yeah, yeah. Because it had nothing to do with the forms.
1: Right, right, absolutely. And I think that we assume that the form is also going to be what makes us feel chemistry with someone Mm -hmm. or feel Mm -hmm. passionate about someone. And what I found with my husband was that that chemistry and that passion grew um, as our connection grew. And that was different for me as well to realize like it was probably that day the day of the story I just described to you that I just started to look at him in this whole new light And then I did feel passionate with him like we did have this chemistry um, But it took time like it took time before we got to that point Which is so different than what most of us think it should be like that first meeting and like lightning strikes But it doesn't always happen like that and that's okay.
0: Absolutely. And you know it, you just reminded me of one of my favorite quotes from one of our guests on the show, Ken Page, and he said, "Don't discount an attraction as less worthy just because it begins with more warmth than fire."
1: Hmm. Interesting. I like that.
0: And it's what you're talking to. We think it's got to be like, oh,
1: it's this amazing fireworks and all
0: this stuff, and it's like, what if it wasn't? Right. What if we were looking for the wrong
1: thing? Yeah. I mean, that's a great point.
0: Like you think of a fire, typically a big fire burns hot and doesn't last long.
1: Right. Well, mm-hmm. that
0: kind of is what most people experience in their relationships. <laughs> it's like, this is yep. so awesome. And then it goes nowhere. Right.
1: Yeah. Because
0: it isn't sustainable. So see, you actually are still working in sustainability. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good. So your parents won't be disappointed that you studied one thing and now you're doing something else. Um, I think
1: my dad might have been a little disappointed, but he's he's come around in oh, time. Good. good. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: Alexis, we've actually arrived at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is where we're going to step away from the stories. And I'm going to ask you to share some some very simple guidance for our listeners so they can take this home with them today and, and put it into action right away. And the first thing I wanted to ask you is, what would you say is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Mm,
1: that's a great question. you know. I almost hate to use this this example. Is that okay? Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember before, well before I met my husband, um, talking to my dad. And my dad is not someone I would normally say would have the best relationship advice. Uh, my parents are divorced, but I was going through a relationship, some relationship kind of tumultuous stuff at the time. And it was when I was still um, when I still lived in Boston. I think I was in grad school. My dad came out to visit. I can remember sitting this. Really quaint little coffee shop in the North End, and I was like, Dad, you know, how do you even know? Like, you and Mom got divorced. How do you even know if someone's the one? And he's like, Well, I don't know if you can know. You know, he's like, No one can know everything that happens with their future. But he's like, He's like, I don't have the answers for you. But he's like, You know, maybe all I can say is that if you know that you want to be with someone, if you can see yourself with them for the next couple years, next five years, maybe ten years, that you you know, be good partners together, that you be on the same page if you want to raise a family together. It's like, maybe that's all you can know. And actually for years, I really dismissed that because I was like, well, that's crappy advice. You know, you should be (laughs) like, you know, because of this. And actually in time, you know, after getting married myself and after coaching clients for the last five plus years now around this, when they say like, how do you really know I mean, A, tune into your intuition, as we Mm -hmm. talked about Mm -hmm. before, is one thing, tune into your feelings, and realize that if you put so much pressure around making the perfect decision with the perfect person for the rest of your life, tons of fears are going to come up because that feels like such a crushing decision. So if instead you can somehow sit with a non-attachment to realizing that no one can totally know what the future is going to hold. No one knows what the future is going to hold. But if you can make a decision that feels good to you because it feels good right now, and it feels like the best decision you can possibly make, and maybe you can see yourself being great, in a great partnership with this person for the next five, maybe 10, hopefully more than that years, then that might be all you can know to make that decision to dive into marriage with someone.
0: Yeah, and you know you're right. I mean, we create this pressure cooker, right? It's <laughs> yep. got to be perfect. It's got to last forever. It's got to do all these things, and we have no idea what's coming towards us in life.
1: Right? We have no idea. Mm-hmm. And
0: what does that even mean for it to be perfect? Right. Like, what what is that based on? Right. Because it's not like anybody else is going to have the exact same life as us, so we can compare it. Yep. So we create all this space, and it's funny because I, I heard this quote the other day, and I love it. And the, the quote is, comparison is the death of joy. Yeah. And it's very true when you think about it. It's like, because there's nothing that's exactly like you. So how do you compare? Right. But we forget that part. Right. And we go, oh, no, it's because of this. And it's like, it's like uh, I, I had a, uh, a running coach one day and he said, you know, if you're out on a run and somebody runs up by you and, you know, says hi and runs on past you, you could get all bummed out like, oh, my gosh, I'm behind them but you don't know where they started or where they're headed.
1: So right. it, it's totally irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant, they exactly. They have just left
0: their house. They're just getting started and you've been running for 10 miles. We have no idea. Right. We don't know what they're training for. We don't know what their goals are, nothing. And yet we come up with these stories. Yep, yep, exactly. It, it crushes yep. us, right? It gives up yep. our power. We're suddenly, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. I'm not worthy. All these different things go on. Yep. But the truth is, is it working now?
1: Yes, exactly. Because that's all we really know.
0: And we don't know when our nows are going to end. So enjoy yes. the now.
1: Yes, exactly. And if you have, you know, fear of commitment coming up with it, as I did getting married, um, then that's really the advice, best advice for someone who was like me in that position. Because when you put that pressure on, like you said, for the perfect person, and there's no perfect, there's no perfect relationships, there's no perfect Person, then you're always going to be scared that you're making the wrong decision. Yeah As soon as I commit to this person. Oh my god What if my soulmate comes along and it's just not like that? It's just not like that in life You're creating as you go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So let me ask you this then Alexis If you could pick just one What would you say is the book or the resource that you'd recommend to our listeners and, and why that particular one?
1: Hmm, That's a great question I I read a book recently called The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Um, whether you're a man or a woman, she has some great books out there around masculinity and femininity. And The Queen's Code in particular really helped me. Um, she talks a lot about how we emasculate men, because there's a lot of, you know, for men, there's a lot of talk about, um, I'm trying to think of the equal word to women kind of, you know, not treating women well, etc. But The Queen's Code talks about that feminine role and kind of standing in the power of those different masculine and feminine roles and how to balance that. And also noticing, especially can be an issue whether you're single or in a relationship, how you tend to emasculate men as well. And I found that book so great, especially even now being in partnership, because there's so many slight things that I was doing in my own relationship that I didn't even realize I was doing. And it really helped me to understand where my husband was coming from um, and to communicate better with him and even communicate, well, my son's only two and a half, but even with like a young child, it helped me understand even how to communicate with him um, in differently than a woman per se. So I love that book. I think she has some great resources. She has another book called The Keys to the Kingdom, which is another awesome one for partnership.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you recommended those. So Allison's been on the show. She's a, she's a dear friend of mine. I've known her for years.
1: Oh, wonderful.
0: And yeah, you're absolutely right. There's, there's so much information. And I love that you said, you know, it even helped communicating with your, your son, who's only two and a half. Because the truth is, these aren't age specific. Right. Right? It's how the masculine and the feminine are designed. So right. If we can interact <laughs> with them in that way, it's like, oh, my gosh, that works so much better. But nobody teaches this stuff. And she is by far the king of that. I mean, she's amazing at dissecting those things and making it really clear and easy to to understand those distinctions. So thank you for that recommendation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, I mean, this has been awesome. This has been so much fun. And (laughs) I have loved what you've shared with us. You've been so generous. You know, I know that there's so much more available that you have for people. Can you let us know? You know, how do our listeners contact you? How do they learn more about what you do?
1: Absolutely. So the first resource I'd say to start with is if you head over to my site at com forward slash gift, I have a free training series for you. It's called My Three Secrets to Ending Dating Frustration Forever. And it's going to walk you through three very key foundational steps to kind of kickstart your love life, especially if you're at a place where you're feeling really frustrated You know, maybe really let down and fearful that finding great love, finding partnership isn't going to happen for you. So that would be the best place to start. Just head over to my website, lexismainscom forward slash gift, and um, you'll get that free video series.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. That's great. And by the way, anybody listening that didn't catch that, it'll be on the show page. So you just go to Speaking of Partnership, type in Alexis, you'll see her page and there'll be links directly to her site. So it'll be really easy to get there. Great. So, Alexis, again, thank you for being here. Your stories, your insights, just incredible. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me, Ken. This has been so much fun, and I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests, on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.